Show. And we're back with our inspirational segment with Marie, my friend of 27 years who's out in Hollywood. And I've been reading from Life Magazine's 100 People Who Changed the World. And when I was dealing with religious figures, I stayed completely in chronological order. But I'm flipping around a little bit with the political leaders. Just because the other day, I, I, I King Khufu, I think, was first. But I went ahead and jumped to Alexander the Great. I'm going to come back to King Khufu. But I'm going to skip today uh, quite a few uh, generations here to Abraham Lincoln. Uh, because this is the 150th anniversary of the Gettysburg Address, uh, November 19th. So I'm going to read about um, Abraham Lincoln. According to Life Magazine, they picked him, of course, as one of the 100 people who changed the world. So this is according to Life Magazine. George Washington had the strength of character to allow the United States to step forward as a democracy in the 1780s. Within 80 years, the fate of that nation I did say George Washington, didn't I? I hope I did. Because I'm thinking Abraham Lincoln. But okay. George Washington had the strength of character to allow the United States to step forward as a democracy in the, in the 1780s. Within 80 years, the fate of that nation was imperiled by civil war. What might have ultimately happened in the 20th century, a German victory in the World War I, or if not that, a triumphant Hitler in World War II, had the United States not been present and accounted for is speculative. But that the U.S. was, in fact, able to play a role and a vital one is due to its emergence from the horrible conflict of 1861 through 1865 intact. That it did emerge is attributable to many people and many facts, but to one man above all, Abraham Lincoln. He was born in a log cabin, true, in Hardin, Hardin County, Kentucky, and grew up on the frontier. He was, a largely, he was largely self-taught. His family relocated eventually to Illinois, and while still a teenager, he entered into the legal profession as a teenager. Lincoln was a skilled politician and was first elected to the U.S. House of Representatives in 1846. Twelve years later, he ran for the Senate against Stephen A. Douglas, and debates between the two elevated both men, but particularly Lincoln. And I will just add that my daughter debates, and now they do the Lincoln-Douglas debates. It's actually a style of debating that kids do. He was elected president in 1860, and I just want to make another little note here of how many times he didn't win when he ran for office. He didn't win, and he didn't win, and he didn't win, and he didn't win, and then he would win, so he didn't give up. Think if he'd given up. What would a world look like? If he didn't want the criticism and if he'd given up Mm -hmm. during the war, he was an extremely proactive commander in chief. It has been said that his complete control over all matters after the hostilities broke out practically amounted to a dictatorship. Yes, I have heard that. Members of his strong willed and smart cabinet were often at odds with one another and with him and his generals too chafed at his orders. During the war, he was bold enough to sign the Homestead Act and issue the Emancipation Proclamation, and he delivered the lofty Gettysburg Address. Soon after the war, he was assassinated for all that he represented, but Abraham Lincoln had preserved America. Mm. There you have it. Amen. Abraham Lincoln. We love Abraham Lincoln. Yeah, and he was, you know, uh, he, he he did, you know circumvent the constitution quite a bit during the war but uh, he had the he had the strength of character that George Washington had i mean those two men were absolutely 
pivotal. Okay, Maureen, do you have a Hollywood quote? So many successes born of failure that they, they, Mm -hmm. the persistence you always hear over and over again. And it's so true that they didn't quit. Like you said, imagine had he quit. Oh, I know. Imagine if he said, oh, I'm not going to run for office again. This is just too tedious. You know, I I talk about being a... I respect Never mind the naysayers to just to thine own self be true. Keep going. And he kept going. Yeah, he did. He listened to his purpose. And, you know, I, I believe God spoke to me years ago and said mm. when I was down and out and had $8 left and was in New York City and 12 years of auditioning and 10,000 no's. And, and and God said to me, don't let anybody put out your flame yeah. because God's given us this purpose. And if we let somebody put it out, we can't live our purpose. And think if he'd let somebody uh, just due to criticism or the lack of, of energy or just didn't want to go put himself through all that effort, it, mm. then his flame would have been put all out. the time, and I'm sure that he had to deal with it back in the day as well. People saying, oh, no, no, or, you know, I mean, starting with, you know, Christopher Columbus, you know, the world. <laughs> what if anybody had, you know, we can't listen to the naysayers. Got it. That's going. true. And, and especially, you're right, trust that calling when you feel called. And that that's your purpose. And it's just there's something about feeling grounded in that, isn't there? Well, and, and just and because we, yeah. you know, the rest, as they say, is history. Well, and just because we call doesn't mean it'll be easy. You know, it doesn't mean the path is easy. It just means we've been called. It doesn't mean uh, suddenly it's everything's going to be rosy. But if we remain fir- firm into our purpose, you know, then. Uh, OK, well, what kind of Hollywood quote do you have? Hollywood. Hollywood. And I got I got a really cute quote. It's it's a cute Hollywood quote and Okay. And, and it's it's cute and I go to this voice because I, I, I read it for Quinn and Quinn likes mommy to talk this way sometimes, so I will just, just for fun, just because I get to be a little cuckoo. Cause here we go. <laughs> no, Ready? say it in Russian. Say it in Russian. It, it ain't Russian. That'll be a segment. <laughs> Okay. Okay, here we go. It's a Charlie Brown Thanksgiving. Okay. Uh-huh. Okay. Okay. Now, you heard what Linus was saying out there. Those early pilgrims were thankful for what had happened to them, and we should be thankful, too. Oh, yes, we should. We should just be thankful for being together. Okay? And I think, really, that that's what they mean by Thanksgiving, Charlie Brown. That's Marine. Well done, Maureen. Thank you. Thank I have you. a Charlie Brown ringtone on my phone. Oh, yeah, it's it's like the great pumpkin Charlie Brown ringtone. I love Charlie Brown. Oh, it's so important. Oh, I be, I'm going to do that too. Can I can I be a copycat? Yeah, sure. It was I was trying to get one of the songs that that you have on your Marine playlist that's up at JanineTurner.com, and when I did that, uh, it said, "Do you want this as a ringtone?" So it's whatever you pick, the Great Pumpkin or something. Oh, it's like do do. This is my ringtone phone. Yeah, yeah, kind of fun. Okay, so I'm going to read something from the United States Constitution. She's like, oh, there's Maureen with that song. Okay. Let me see what I can find from Juliet's book. And Juliet's book is Our Constitution Rocks, which has been been picked by the um, Barnes & Noble, one of the top five books your child child should read in history. Our Constitution Rocks, written by Juliet Turner, available at Barnes & Noble bookstores and Barnes & Noble online and Amazon.com, all those places. So I don't know. I just flipped open here to, I don't know what she's talking about. Let's see. Article. Um, oh, they were very. Article 2, Section 4. 
And Maureen, this is page 146. Juliet breaks down the book to the bottom line. What were they thinking? What were the founding fathers thinking? Why should I care for kids? They're like, whatever. Uh, Breaking it down. How can it make a difference? And your favorite, Maureen? What have they done for me lately? What has it done for me lately? Okay. So Article 2, Section 4 is the president... Vice President and all civil officers of the United States shall be removed from office on impeachment for and convicted of treason, bribery, or other high crimes and misdemeanors. Now, the bottom line, Juliet says, Article 2, Section 4, confirmed that the president or vice president could be impeached for treason, bribery, or other crimes. What were they thinking? Our founding fathers created the power of impeachment because if the president knows he can be impeached, he will act more responsibly. Why should I care? The impeachment process is a very valuable aspect of our government. This is what Juliet wrote. If we find that our president is not fulfilling his constitutional duties or commits a blatant act of treason against America, Congress can impeach him instead of having to wait until his term expires. It's really interesting how the impeachment process works, too, and I won't get into all of it today, but but the that I think the House calls for it, and then the um, it, once again, it's checks and balance, and then in the Senate is where the trial takes place in the Senate and the, the who do you know who abides in the Senate, who who is the leader of the Senate when that happens is the Chief Justice of the Supreme Court. Talk about checks and balances. Mm. Um, so I'm gonna read this real quick, presidential impeachments. This is a little little like side note that Juliet has in her book. Of sixty three attempts at impeachment, only nineteen have been impeached. Of those, eight have been convicted after trial by the Senate. Because it cripples the Senate with a lengthy trial, impeachment is infrequent. Many officials, seeing the writing on the wall, resign rather than face the, the, uh, the public trial. The most famous of these cases is, of course, that of President Richard Nixon, a Republican. President Richard Nixon resigned from office rather than suffer impeachment proceedings in the Watergate scandal of 1974. President Bill Clinton became the second president to be impeached by the House in 1998. Later, the Senate found him not guilty. Our 17th president, Andrew Johnson, was impeached while in office. 35 senators found him guilty, just one short of the two-thirds vote necessary to convict him. Wasn't that an interesting constitutional historical lesson, Maureen? You know, it truly is. It truly is. And, you know, we're, we're forever seeing those uh, the footage of Nixon resigning, and it's haunting, isn't it? It is haunting, and but but what I what I love about it is that we the people can hold the our representatives accountable if we get out of our lazy boy chairs and become respectful, law abiding rebels. But it's all right here in our constitution how the House calls for it, the Senate does the trial, and the Chief Justice resides over the Senate when this happens. Isn't that fascinating? It really is, and that it and has to be. Think about the, the words too, and bribery, you know, mm-hmm. and, and the, just the position of power that they are in, and you know, just what what it in, all of that entails, and and uh, you know, it makes you wonder what kind of things go on that we don't know about in terms of bribery and gossip. yeah, oh yeah, right? too much, too much, and just constitutional. Um, it says you know the, the, the Constitution when when they when they. Usurp the Constitution, and that's happening all the time as well. But I also like the fact that there has to be a two-thirds majority in the Senate to convict. And uh, with Andrew Johnson, there were only 35 senators, one short. So it's all fascinating. It's a check and balance. It's just, we live in America. 
Well, and that's, you know, when, Maureen, when you're out there with all those liberals in Hollywood and they're like, whatever, you bring this stuff up and say, no, look and? at how amazing it is. Look at how amazing it is and why we, we have the power to impeach, but it's, it's, a, it's a process between branches. It starts Amen. in the House, the trials in the Senate, and the Chief Justice from the Supreme Court resides over the Senate. Okay, we got to go here, Maureen. Power. Let's re- read our closing quote for the day, and it happens to be by Abraham Lincoln. It just so happens to be by our good friend Abe Lincoln, and it is, and don't we love this, of course, it is not the years in your life that count. It's the life in your years. Abraham Lincoln. Abraham Lincoln. All right, Maureen, another great inspirational segment. Thank you so much. You know, your, our inspirational segments and our LOL segments are becoming quite the rage and there's so much fun. Okay. Thank you. And uh, thanks for joining us today. May you have a blessed and wonderful day. Isn't on demand fun. You can listen whenever you want, whenever you want to listen, we're here. And I text out and tweet out and, and uh, put on Facebook, links to different segments or the whole show so you can listen whenever you want and I hope you have a very very blessed day